Just like I can't control what somebody's going to post over on Facebook. What I can control is my reaction to it. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Uh, Welcome to this Halloween week episode of the Small Minded Podcast, friends. Um, This week, we are going to have a little fun with the holiday, and we are going to chat about spooky social media blunders that you may have encountered or may encounter in the future if you are marketing your small business online. Uh, This won't be just based on social media. A lot of it will be about social media. But I'm going to share my most embarrassing social media moments, professionally, personally, and otherwise. And hopefully you get some laughs and some tips for how to combat the situation if any of this happens to you. So let's dive in. All right. These are in no particular order, but I just jotted down a bunch of my worst social media memories that I could think of. So let's set the stage for spooky social story number one. This happened in my very first year of business. And it was before I was officially like Molly Knuth Media. It was just like, hey, I'm Molly Knuth and I'm helping this business with some administrative work, one of which tasks includes running their social media page. Um, Around election time in 2016, there were a lot of like civil like movements and unrest and things like that. Um, And I can't remember exactly what it was about, but I just remember there were a lot of protests happening in like communities that weren't too far away from us in um, a lot of like the college towns. There was a lot of protests among the students. And when I went to bed one night, I was just like, okay, you know, just going to bed for the evening. A mom who was tired, I just like had a baby. And I was running this social media page for a business. Like, I don't even know if it was official enough to have a contract put in place. But um, when I woke up in the middle of the night, I looked at my phone to check the time. And I had numerous messages to the page of this business that I was helping. And it was from someone who was upset. And they had sent me multiple screenshots because an employee of this business that I was helping had gone on a rampage and was like sending bad comments to people who were attending these protests. Now, I'm not saying he was right or he was wrong because some of the protesting that was happening, like they were impeding traffic along the interstate, which is very unsafe, you guys. Um, So he was commenting on some of these posts about the traffic jams and things like that. And he was saying some not very nice things. And the person who sent me the screenshots, they could track where this individual worked. And it was connected to the Facebook page that I was running. So she sent us 
a private message to the Facebook page. She posted it on the wall of the page and all about how this terrible person was commenting terrible things and tying it back to our business. I say our, it wasn't my business, but I feel like when I have a client, I'm part of their team. So I was like, it's three in the morning. I can't do anything about this. But suffice it enough to say, I didn't get a lot of sleep the rest of the night because I was really worried about this. Um, So the next morning early, I contacted the owner of the business and just explained the situation and what was happening. And he had a conversation with the individual and we reached out to the person who sent the screenshots so that they were aware that we had talked to the employee in question and he had been informed about like social media best practices and things like that. And you guys, this was all the way back in like 2016. So it wasn't even like social media was not as in an uproar as it has been in recent years, right? So it was like, I just could not believe it. I think that was one of my very first encounters about like, I had seen people get in fights on social media. I had seen like comment sections really evolve into a dumpster fire, but that was the first time that I had like an active stake in one because my general rule of thumb on social media is if I don't have anything nice to say, I'm not going to say anything at all. And a lot of people don't operate by that code of conduct. So that was my very first run in with an upset social media user and them being able to contact our business page as a result. Now, what can we take away from this spooky social media story? First of all, I know that it has become more and more commonplace in employee handbooks and in the hiring process for individuals upon hire to be informed about social media and things about like, what constitutes as like a negative reflection on the business? What are some things that they want to be aware of? Like business owners maybe ask that their employees do not like put that they work at a certain place or not. Um, They want to have like a general standard of operation by the individuals on their own social media platforms. And honestly, you can't police every single social media platform at every single minute. But I think that it is valid to have at least a conversation with new hires, maybe just about your social media policies and what you prefer your employees to do. Maybe you like it if your employees share about the workplace. Maybe you encourage them to talk about how you have a great place to work and you have an awesome benefits package. But also don't be afraid to approach the conversation and say, okay, that's what we would like to see. You don't have to, but here's what we are not going to tolerate. And if we find out about this, it's going to involve us having a conversation. So it might not like you don't want to invade their personal decisions too much, but also if they have listed on their personal profile where they are employed, then that can be traced back to your business. Like that can create an issue. So I think it's valid to have conversations with employees about social media best practices, what you consider good things on social, what you consider like, oh, we just don't want to do this. Let's not touch it. And just have the conversation and be open. Spooky social media story number two. Um, In another client um, that I worked with, this was a couple years later. I think this was like 2019 maybe. As we know, we cannot control what other people say and do, either in person or on social media. So one morning I was, um, I don't even remember what I was doing, but I received a phone call from one of my clients and he was very concerned because he and some friends of his and family members 
had heard about this post that was going around on Facebook that was kind of um, shaming his business. And we couldn't see it. The page that I work with him on wasn't tagged. Um, It wasn't like the person went and left a negative review on our page or on Google or even on our Facebook reviews. It was just a post that an individual put out from their own profile. And it just mentioned the name of this company. It was not a tag that we could like actively reply to or comment on or anything like that. So I bring all that up because that like it just so happened that this person who posted it was friends with people who are friends with the business owner. Otherwise, this could have very well been a post that we never saw because we were not tagged. And when I went out and researched this post, I looked at the individual in question. I looked at their uh, personal profile and lo and behold, that post was there. It was a post about something that they felt was unfair about the business. And they took to Facebook as a way to inform others, not necessarily, well, kind of about the business in question, but also about this practice that was kind of industry-wide. But this person didn't know that and they thought it was just something that the business did uh, on their own terms. So I know I'm being so vague about all this, but I just don't want to violate anybody's um, privacy. So what we did was we tracked down the contact information of this person and they did as the business do a personal reach out to this person to try to like just talk to them about how this is like an industry-wide policy. Um, It is common practice. We would appreciate it if you took that post down because by that point it was getting a lot of shares and it was crazy. But um, it was a very, one of those moments where I was like, gosh, is it even worthwhile to have a space online when you know that people are going to just go out there and talk about you? And it's going to open you up and make you vulnerable to like people's negative reviews. And it's going to open you up to people just commenting and like saying nasty things. But Here's what I say too. You guys, we live in small towns, right? We are not like blind to the fact that small towns have gossip, right? People talk about other people's business. Sometimes that's a fantastic thing because it can get people behind a cause. It can get people to support a family in need. But at times that small town gossip can really bring you down. And that happened before social media and it will happen after social media. So my take on it is. Yeah, if you want to not get negative reviews, it might seem like the best possible thing to do is not have a Facebook page or not have a Google My Business listing. But that's actually the opposite of what I recommend because if you do have a Facebook page or you do have a Google My Business listing and somebody goes and leaves a negative review there, at least as the business, you see that. You can reply to that negative review, which I always recommend. My rule of thumb is at least leaving a comment on that review and saying, thank you for your response. We appreciate your time. May we follow up with you privately to discuss the matter further and then reach out and ask for their contact information via phone or email, but phone works best. And I would say like nine times out of 10, that will resolve a negative review because people will A, either back down and just say, sorry, I was having a bad day. I shouldn't have typed anything. Because sometimes it doesn't even have anything to do with you. You're just the easiest target for them to kind of unload on when they have other things going on. And then B, if they really are torqued off about your service or your product or whatever, it's an opportunity for you to talk to your customers and get feedback and hear what they have to say and get some suggestions for how things can be handled better. And if you can do that in response to a review, 
it is out there for people to see that you care about your customer service, that you are doing everything you can to rectify and remedy that negative review. And that speaks volumes about the character of your business. So yes, negative reviews suck and they hurt. But if we have a space on Facebook or on Instagram or on Google, at least we can see those negative things and we can take action to rectify the situation. Whereas if it was just whispers on Main Street or around the coffee shop table, we don't know what's being said there. But if we see it on Facebook, at least we can address it. Oh, and I should say, then we also, as in addition to reaching out to the person individually, we also put out like a generic post from the page and just talked about, here's the policy. It is industry-wide. And then we just did like, because there were so many shares on the original post, this kind of like addressed everybody who had shared it and stuff like that. So I did put that out there too. Spooky story number three. <laughs> you guys, are you just listening to me and being like, you're so lame? <laughs> I just rolled my eyes at myself. Um, <laughs> spooky story number three, and this one is legit, you guys. Getting your account hacked, either on Facebook or on Instagram. And I know this seems like such a first world problem, but like think about all the memories and everything that you have tied to your Facebook account or your Instagram account. Those pictures of your wedding day or your kids or your dog or your first job or moving into your new home. Those life milestones, for a lot of us, we have had Facebook for most of our adult lives and we house a lot of our memories on that platform or on Instagram. And having our accounts hacked, even though it's like it seems like it should be a trivial thing, it can feel like a major violation because we can't get those things back. And it happens quite commonly. And just last month, I had a client of mine who contacted me and they said, hey, everything's going okay with the business page, but my personal account has been hacked and I cannot get back into it. And he and I tried everything to try to get his account back. And it was stolen by a hacker um, halfway across the world. And we could get into the account for like a split second before we would get kicked back out. And it wasn't enough time for us to like change the password even. So we were close so many times to getting in and getting that account back, but we couldn't quite do it. So it sucked, but he had to go in and he had to create a whole new account. So he lost like wedding pictures and pictures of his kids and things like that, which really, really was a large portion of his life. And while you can't ever completely stop a hacker, there are some things that you can do to protect your account and then especially your business account. So whether you are on Google or PayPal or Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, in your settings, you need to go in right now and do these three things if you haven't already. Number one, make sure that your account, whatever account you're logging into, is connected to an email address that you use regularly, okay? So if you set up Facebook back in your college days and you are now celebrating your 15-year class reunion, but you're still logging into Facebook with your college email address, that's a problem, you guys, because if there was ever a security threat, you probably don't have access to that college email anymore. So first of all, check your email address and make sure it's updated. Second of all, change your password at least quarterly, okay? Again, if you're using the same password that you've always logged into Facebook with or always logged into Google with, there's a chance that somebody else can find a record of that out on the internet. Um, my Google, my Gmail, my personal Gmail account, about three months ago, I had a notification one morning that 
somebody over in Spain had logged into my (laughs) Gmail account. Like there's nothing important connected to my Gmail, I feel like. But I was like, oh my gosh, that person cannot get into my email. And thank goodness I had um, set up step three, which is two-factor authentication. So I would recommend, and this is possible for a lot of different kinds of accounts, um, but two-factor authentication is when you log in with your updated email address, your new password, and then it still goes another step that says, okay, we just want to verify that this is really you. We're going to send a text message to this number, or we're going to send an email to this address, or we'll phone call this number to prove that it's you. And you have like a specific code that will be generated. You have to enter it in to confirm that it really is you. And that two-factor authentication is what allowed me to save my personal email address. And it also has saved me on my Facebook getting hacked up to this point. Gosh, I really hope I'm not like sending karmic signals to any hackers. Um, But I really think that taking those three steps can help protect your account a little bit more, especially if it's been a long time since you've updated your password or your email address. And all that can just be found in the settings of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Pinterest, things like that. And then on any of your important accounts that are connected to your bank, your email, anything like that, make sure you have two-factor authentication set up so that somebody can't just come across your name and your email address and your password out on the internet. They have to have that next barrier, that next hurdle to cross, which would be a specific code sent to your phone number. And then that way you're kind of setting yourself up for a little more protection. Now, For those of you who are business owners, this is another layer of security too. Um, But on your business accounts, make sure that you have somebody who over on Instagram knows your login credentials in the event that your account does get hacked. um, Your personal account, like on Facebook, can be connected to a lot of different pages and groups and your Instagram account. And so make sure that you have somebody who knows your login credentials that you know and trust. And then any Facebook business pages that you have administrative rights to, make sure you have at least one other person who also has administrative rights. So going back to that client of mine who had his account hacked, thankfully I was a co-admin on that page and then we have one other co-admin as well. But if he was the only person who was running that page and that account was the one that was hacked, he would also lose all access to his business page on Facebook. And if you have someone who at least has administrative rights. Somebody, again, it could be a business partner. It could be just a trusted individual. But as long as they are an admin, they can delete that hacked account so that the hacker cannot get into the business side of your Facebook. So make sure that from a business perspective, all your business pages have at least one other administrator and then your login credentials are shared with a trusted person. Spooky story number four. We're going to cap this at five because I can't talk like that anymore. (laughs) Let's see. I have like so many different things, but we can kind of group some of these into the same category. So we're going to tackle like the just general unease of putting yourself out there on a social media post. So it might be announcing that you're starting this new business, it might be going live for the first time, it might be that you have a really stupid typo in your post. I've done that so many times. Or that you shared a link that didn't go anywhere. I've done that too on websites or Facebook or anything. 
And then you like go to post it and you're like, people are like, I'm trying to sign up for your course, but the link doesn't work. And you didn't see the email and you're like, oh my gosh, it's been three days. No wonder I don't have any sales. But I digress. Um, So everybody's going to run into those posts where they don't quite feel comfortable, right? So for example, a live video, how I react to my first live videos or even this podcast when I was getting started with it, I did not feel comfortable at all. But I made sure that I framed what I wanted to say. So I went in with a topic, I outlined some bullet points that I knew I wanted to hit, and then I just did it. And I continued to show up and be consistent and keep trying. And when I had a few lives under my belt, or in this case, like a few podcast episodes, it just got easier and easier and easier. And I didn't have to rely on my notes as much as I did in the beginning. As far as typos and dead links, don't be afraid to just go in and edit your posts. It's not a big deal. Or like there have been times when people don't like a post or they're embarrassed of a post. And the thing I I use as my rule of thumb is like go to bed, sleep on it. If it's still bugging you the next morning, then just take it down. Because there's also some truth to the old saying like any press is good press. Um, I think about my very first live video, which I've talked about on here before, and it was just so, so shitty, you guys. It was so bad. But I did go to bed and sleep on it. I really wanted to delete it that night after I got it finished. But the next morning I had a lot of views and it wasn't like I was saying anything bad or I did anything bad. It was just embarrassing. Um, So it wasn't hurting me by any means. And actually it was getting a lot of views, which helped me get awareness out there and reach. So in the end, it was kind of a good thing. So don't be afraid of typos, dead links, go in and edit them. If you feel like, oh, I just can't bear this another minute. I need to delete that post. Just sleep on it. And then if you still feel that way in the morning, take it down. Um, If you're like, oh, it's not as big a deal in the light of day, then just leave it up. Not a big deal. The last spooky story. (laughs) Last year. (laughs) You guys are probably so annoyed with me right now. Um, Last year, around election time again, uh, election is just like a hot button time on social media. And my general rule of Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, is that this is social media. It is where I make my living. It is a good place to connect with others, but it should not be a place where you feel comfortable saying things you wouldn't say to somebody sitting next to you at the table. Or it's not a place where you should air a viewpoint or type up a comment that you wouldn't be willing to have a billboard of in the busiest segment of your nearest city with your face on it. If you don't feel comfortable with that billboard and your face and that statement, then don't type it in that little typing comment box. Um, But anyway, I shared a post and it was by a certain politician. And I thought that it was just like a nice quote. Like I knew that people might get fired up or it might like, might like, you know, let people see inside maybe who I voted for or what are my political leanings. But overall, the quote itself was very uplifting. And it was nice. And it was just like a general feeling of like everybody's united, stuff like that. And it was just like a nice post. And I didn't say too much. I think I just put like, it was a reshare. I think I maybe put a heart. And then I shared it to my personal account. All of a sudden, an older lady in the community who I have never talked to in real life in at least 20 years, you guys, she railed on me in the comments of my post. (laughs) And I was just like, oh my gosh. 
And pretty soon I was getting all these text messages from like friends and family members. They were like, whoa, so-and-so is really letting you have it. And I was like, I know. And so then I got like all sweaty and my face got hot. And I was like, well, now I got to respond. What am I going to say? And then pretty soon other people start showing up to bat for me. And they're like, hey, so-and-so, if you want to complain, take it elsewhere. And like different people started like throwing around their political opinions. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is way more than I ever thought it would. Because I really didn't, I just thought it was a nice quote. I knew that there might be some political implication, but it was not my objective of the post. Oh man, it just caused an uproar for a good 24 hours, you guys. You you know, like a real long lasting effects from that. But that just goes to show how quickly the social media cycle is. And you probably don't need to comment on it if you don't have anything nice to say, because something else will come up 24 hours later. But That was something scary. So I did end up responding. I can't even remember what I said. I tried to like neutralize the situation and just be like, thanks for your opinion. Um, I don't agree, but peace out. And I haven't heard from her since. And honestly, the funniest part is that I haven't talked to her in 20 years. And I don't know if she'd know me if she saw me on the street. Maybe. I mean, we live in the same town. But I was like, wow, she came at me hard, you guys, in the comments. And I was like, this is intense. So when you put yourself out there and it might be the most like non-judgy thing in the world that you put out, but there are going to be people who don't agree. And there are going to be people who don't abide by that. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. There are people who don't like have a filter that they're just going to put out there whatever they're thinking. And this is a platform that has that. Like Twitter, um, Facebook, Instagram, like, yeah, there are some rules and regulations. We agree to follow those when we download the app and agree to the terms of service. But we can't control what people say. Just like we talked about people in small towns, the small town gossip thing. We can't control what people are saying around the coffee shop table. Just like I can't control what somebody's going to post over on Facebook. What I can control is my reaction to it. What I can control is my own response. What I can control is unfollowing that person muting that person and not exposing myself to triggering things, okay? It doesn't mean to like cow down. It doesn't mean to never engage when it is warranted. It just means evaluate the relationship that you have with the person in real life. If you wouldn't say it to them face-to-face, don't say it to them on the internet. And don't forget that this leaves a digital footprint. In 20 years, we'll probably still be able to look up what you were posting about in 2020. So is that something you want to be reflective of you years down the road? That's a scary social media story too. But I just think that sometimes you're going to have these run-ins, whether you intend for them to happen or whether it's completely blindsided you. You're going to have these negative run-ins and encounters. You can choose how and whether you're going to respond because there's definitely been times when I've gotten all like fiery about stuff. And then I've written out various drafts of how I can respond. And in the end, I'm just like, it's not even worth it, guys. And so I, you know, you can control your response, your reaction. And if you're going to be upset about it in 24 hours, then go ahead, react. But if in 24 hours, you're just going to shrug it off and be like, wow, that was stupid, then it's not worth your time. All right, guys, those are some spooky Halloween stories, social media based, I did get a little bit opinionated at times, but I hope that was a fun episode for you as much as it was for me. And I hope you could take away some tactical tips 
for your social media this week. So don't let these spooky stories happen to you. Or if they do happen to you, because, you know, we can't control everything, just take a breather. You can control your response. And just remember, there's a quote, I can't remember where I read it, um, but it was earlier this summer. I was reading an article about a business and it's Gap, the clothing store that, you know, was very popular in malls in the 90s and 2000s. And the article that I read earlier this summer talked about the CEO of the Gap at the time. And when they would go to like company meetings and they would be like all in a kerfuffle about deadlines or they would be like all tense because of work obligations, the person in charge of the meeting would oftentimes say, you guys, we are selling jeans and socks here. Jeans and socks. And that's something that I am attributing to my social media. Yeah, it's important to me. I do have deadlines. I do have client obligations. But also, like, this is social media. It's got a short lifespan. It's not going to be, like, the end-all be-all if I don't get this post out or if that negative comment rolls in or I have a typo in the post. I can rectify it or we can move on and just try again and do better in the future. So I hope that's the big takeaway from today's episode. If you like this episode, go ahead and leave us a positive review on iTunes or Spotify um, or on Facebook, and I would be happy to see what you guys have to say about our podcast. I hope it's helpful for you. And next week, come on back. We'll have even more right here at Small Minded. Bye-bye for now. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well-lived being small-minded. <laughs>